Welcome to episode 139 of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie Silverman, your host. If this is your first listen to the podcast, welcome. Have a listen to previous episodes because there are lots. Whether you've just discovered you need treatment or you're going through treatment and you're feeling pretty lonely, I hope you'll feel less lonely from hearing lots of stories from other people sharing their journeys as well as expert interviews. If you found us in Apple Podcasts, do subscribe and rate and review us because it helps other people find us. And the more people that listen, of course, the longer we can continue to make this content, which I really hope is useful for you. Also, do make sure you like The Ultimate Fertility Guide on Facebook, which is our other project where we're putting all areas of the fertility industry into one concise guide. And we're doing live Facebook streams with different experts so you can ask them questions. I'm also thinking about starting to stream the fertility podcast but that means I have to put makeup on rather than just sitting in front of this mic and you're none the wiser about my bad hair day anyway I digress so something that I've been wanting to do on the podcast is talk more about the books that are available after all one of the ways that I started my interviews on this podcast over four years ago was reaching out to some of the people whose books I'd read namely Emma Cannon and her Total Fertility book and Zita West's book all about um, your kind of IVF the IVF diet I think was the one of hers that I first read and both Zita and Emma spoke to me on the podcast and since I've been doing uh, all the different episodes speaking to all the different people I've, I've spoken with authors along the way but I really want to try and review more books and I haven't really had the time and then I got chatting to the lovely Amber uh, on Instagram who goes by the um, Instagram tag at Preggers Kitchen and we had a conversation about book reviews and so here's Amber to talk more. Welcome. Thank you. Did I get your Instagram tag right? Yes you did yeah it's the Preggers Kitchen. So that's it's Preggers Kitchen. So I basically approached Amber because I think I saw you put a post up pictures of a whole load of books asking Amber if she'd be interested in coming on on a on a relatively regular basis and talking about the books that she'd read because I thought it'd be a really interesting way for you to hear about the books um, and, and I haven't got the time as I said to read them so before Amber starts with her books I'm I, I'm going to get her to tell a bit about her journey because how did the Preggers Kitchen start? It started as um, a website that I wanted to run on what to eat during pregnancy and I set it up and then we started trying and then ironically um, given the name the Breakers Kitchen it just didn't happen for us at all and actually took us three and a half years to get pregnant so throughout that time it morphed into not really what you eat when you are pregnant but what you should eat and lifestyle changes that can help people be more fertile and become pregnant and really, it was a website about what I was doing to try and tackle my own PCOS. Um, the different diets I was trialling and the different books I was reading and, and all sorts. And the impact it was having on me and my cycles, just in case there was anybody else going through the same thing and wanted to know um, what diets might work for them or, or different things that they can try. Or if they just wanted to have a look at how someone else is also struggling and because it's always nice to know that there are other people out there that are going through the same thing so it sort of changed throughout from what it was originally meant to be um, and had you been given a diagnosis as to why you were struggling to conceive no <laughs> no I hadn't at that stage I hadn't so it I was going through the process through the NHS of infertility testing 
but it came out as sort of unexplained. There was a lot of, I, I questioned GPs about whether I had PCOS and I was told that I wasn't fat or hairy enough. It was basically, <laughs> I didn't look like I had it. So I probably didn't. That was the sort of the, the response that I had. And then when I went to the hospital with the fertility clinic that were obviously more specialists, they said, well, you do have some symptoms, but we're not really sure. Um, but the reason why I thought I had it, and I, I pretty strongly thought I had it, was I started tracking my cycles using taking charge of your fertility. You could see quite clearly in my cycles that I had a lot of the symptoms of PCOS. Um, and it wasn't until I actually went for IVF, which was three years after starting to try for a baby, that the first consultation I had with them, when they did a scan and a blood test, they said, oh, you're a textbook case, you're, you've got PCOS. So it took that long. Say how long again? Three years. It was three years having gone through all those tests and you doing all your yeah. own research as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is very so, frustrating. Frustrating, but sadly common from the conversations I have with women dealing with PCOS that it just seems to take such a long time to be diagnosed because it, does, it seems yeah. a lack of understanding, in, especially with your, your, your average GP. It's only when you go through oh, further yeah. to, the, to the fertility um, specialists. Yeah, and even then, I think it's such a complex condition that can a lot of people have some of the symptoms, then none of the none of the other symptoms, or they have polycystic ovaries, but they don't have the syndrome, or you can have the syndrome but no um, cysts on your ovaries, and it's just it's incredibly complicated. Um, but I think GPs are obviously they're they're fab at what they do, and what they do is triage you to the right specialists. Um, but I had quite some quite sort of basic and poor advice from GPs over the years of when I asked whether it was normal that my cycles were very heavy and sort of six to seven weeks long they said oh yeah yeah that's fine whatever's normal for you that's just wow. normal which okay. is not <laughs> great advice at all which I realize now obviously I think they sometimes get confused with um what's common and what's healthy so it might be common that people come in with very disruptive cycles, but it's not a healthy thing to have. So in their, in their eyes, they probably think it is normal because they see it all the time, but it doesn't, mm. that doesn't mean it should be normal. So you get your diagnosis, and then what happens? Are you told you need to have fertility treatment? I was already going for IVF at the time I got my diagnosis. So basically, um, my path didn't change at all. Um, I was sort of a couple of months away from IVF and IVF was the treatment that I had. Um, in addition, once I did have the diagnosis of PCOS, they tested my insulin levels and found out that I was insulin resistant and put me on diabetes medication called metformin right. um, to help with the success of IVF and then also to help in the first three months of pregnancy. Um, but that's the kind of only change in the pathway that I had because my diagnosis came so late. So you had your fertility treatment and because I know I know what stage you're at now. Um yeah. carry on with the story. <laughs> yeah. So um so we had uh, IVF um on the NHS. We're very lucky to be in one of the areas where it is funded. Uh so we had our first round of IVF and again we were incredibly lucky in that our first go and our first embryo and um, were successful so in back in November which was when our cycles started for IVF 
uh, we got pregnant then, and so I'm 31 week now. Which so is my just... grand, my grand plan of having a regular book review with Amber might not happen, <laughs> as um, the realities of becoming a new mum actually uh, <laughs> expose themselves. But for now, we're going to say huge congratulations! Yes. It's brilliant. Thank You're 31 you. weeks as we're talking today. We're talking early June, and so far so good. You're feeling okay yeah. despite the diabetes yes. medication? Yes. I'm feeling I'm feeling great, thank you. So because because of PCOS I have more likely or high risk to get gestational diabetes and I've just failed my test, the, the two hour glucose tolerance test, which is pretty pretty disgusting test to take anyway. Um but yes, unfortunately I failed that I think two weeks ago. So I um yes, I'm now pricking my finger four times a day and double checking my blood sugars, but it's really interesting, I have to say. <laughs> Well, Amber's website, which we will be sharing on the show notes, is is really interesting with all the um, the information that she's sharing whilst working full time and the books that she's been reviewing. But there's also recipes and all sorts and different resources. Do go and check it out. Well, let's have a chat about the books, because <laughs> I have to tell you, actually, when Amber and I first started talking and I said, well, just send me a list of the books that, you know, you've got and and then we can work it out from there. She sent me a list of about 25 books, which uh, <laughs> have you read all of them? Yes. Yeah. My husband despairs, which is why I started in the book review, because he, he said, you have to get rid of these. We just we have a whole bookcase of fertility books. Give them away. So that's why I thought I'll review them first and then I'll give them away to people on Instagram. So that okay. was where it came from. Okay, well, that's a nice idea. Well, we've got three books that we're going to talk about today that you've read. And I also want to just talk a little bit about 21 Miles, which is Jessica Hepburn's brand new book because she launched it at Fertility Fest and I got a copy and... Um, I've devoured it and I also have a copy to give away. So we're starting the book giving away uh, between us. And um, I, I hope that it, it will it will continue because it's a lovely thing to, to share these types of books because yeah. they're so varied. So let's just talk about the first book, His and Hers Survival Guide to IVF, which uh, is a husband and wife duo. Rosie Bray and Richard Mackney, who I have got on my list actually to interview and haven't managed to pin them down. So I'm delighted that you've read their book. And I'm interested into how this book was kind of presented. So tell me a bit about it. Yeah, so th this book, as the title would suggest, is a complete guide to the overwhelming process of IVF, or at least I found it overwhelming when I was um, reading on the internet about what it entails. And I think where I struggled was on the internet it tends to be very, very basic information. So it's they extract eggs, they fertilise them, they pop them back in. And what I wanted was a guide that went more into detail about what types of drugs you use, what happens at every stage, you know, so I could really read in and understand it. Um, I found this book on Amazon and it was just exactly what I wanted. So it was it's a complete guide and Honestly, because it's written in such a personable way, it was a bit like having a cup of tea and a chat with a really close friend when they were telling you all about their IVF process and, and what it entails and, and how it all works. Um, so it was both, it has both the technical aspects of it, which is what I needed, but it's also balanced with the more human aspect of what it actually feels like to go through the process. And you've um, got the male and female perspective. Yes. Which is great. I think it's fair to say that women probably do more research about IVF clinics and are kind of more read up on it. And what's great about this book 
is that it has the perspective of both Rosie and Richard, and they write about the same stages of IVF, but from each of their viewpoints, and it's really interesting to see the differences. Um, and I have to say that before reading this book, I hadn't quite realised the amount of pressure on men going mm. through IVF and how awkward it is having to perform, shall we mm. say, on the day yeah. of egg collection. And, and it's hilariously written, um, especially from Richard's side. Uh, it's well worth a read. So if, if you're female and reading the book, don't skip the male sections because they honestly had me rolling around laughing, especially the poor egg collection story. It's, it's well worth it. And did your husband read it? He didn't. I, I flagged the sections for him to read, which were um, a couple of Richards, one on his sample, uh, because it was almost exactly what my husband had said to me, you know, the pots are too small. Yeah. And, and, you know, how, how, how accurate do they think my aim is? And the questions about whether they got it all in the pot, that kind of thing, was exactly the same as what my husband said to me. And so I said, you, you've got to read this, you'll love it. Um, but I was actually a bit worried about him reading the section from Richard on the egg collection because I didn't want him to, my husband, to then feel a bit nervous about what if he messes up on the day as well. Because if if you do get the book and read it, you'll know that Richard um, really, unfortunately, had a disaster on egg collection day and it sort of ruled out their first round of IVF being successful. Really? So I didn't really want to make my husband too nervous, but... It's, he would have loved reading it if I could have convinced him to do so. Now, would you like to give it marks out of 10? Oh, the, I love this book. Okay. I, would, I would give it a 10. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I, I would, yeah. I absolutely loved it because it was, it was a great balance. So each section had facts and statistics and tips at the start about that stage of IVF. So it had the, the kind of the factual, really detailed technical information I was looking for then moves on to the personal experience of both Rosie and Richard for that stage of the IVF, which were hilarious. And then it ends usually with the, a fertility specialist talking about what they think of that stage of IVF and what they're trying to achieve from it. So it was just, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I'd really highly recommend it. Right, well, we're starting with a 10 out of 10, the hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah, okay, absolutely. so that's, that's called His and Her Survival Guide to IVF. We will put the links in the show notes for this episode. And the next review Amber's going to share is called It Starts With the Egg by Rebecca Fett. I don't know anything about this book other than I can assume. Oh, you've not read it? No. Ah. You see, there's a, I haven't read the first one. That You're, you're going to be my insight because I just don't have the time. <laughs> so tell me about this no, one. It's completely fair. Uh, so this one again it's sort of about IVF but it's also a bit wider about infertility in general and it's all about egg quality and how you can make lifestyle changes um, to improve your fertility and your egg quality it was written uh, the author Rebecca Fett has a degree in molecular biology and she's very geeky and what's great about it is she had low ovarian reserve in her 20s and she did loads of scientific research on how she could improve her egg quality to improve her chances of IVF and then that morphed into this book so it's basically all the best things that she found out for herself put into a book which is great because it means that I mean the temptation is always to go on Google Scholar and research yourself what Mm. you should be doing to get your best chance of IVF 
and Rebecca's already done it for us so we we don't need to bother doing that there's the evidence and so often I know from the conversations I see you just think oh gosh is there any proof before you go off on that crazy fad diet yeah exactly so she she has I think it's around 58 pages worth of references at the back of the book and she's done extensive research on it and she's very upfront um, in the book about where there is a lack of research versus where something is quite strong um, and so it goes into the science behind egg quality and talks about things like toxins and chemicals and how they impact fertility um, talks about vitamins there's evidence for that you should be taking and which ones there's no evidence for and you might want to avoid right. um, and there's a tiny bit on diet but it's not really a diet book it's not like um, Zeta West IVF diet for example it doesn't really go into that level of detail it just talks a little bit about it and there's a chapter on sperm health as well which is helpful although I would say that if sperm health is the the key issue for someone's fertility there are probably more specialist books on it it is just one chapter within it but it's interesting to read regardless it sounds to me like the kind of book that you possibly had a pen or a pencil and you were like circling and underlining and folding oh, yeah. pages over for reference okay <laughs> yeah. so quite I, a manual I would say about it is um i mean it's it's very easy to read and it's very digestible but it is totally overwhelming like i had a couple of mental meltdowns whilst um reading it because i'd already started changing my diet and lifestyle quite considerably before reading the book and it just it took it to a whole different level where I threw out all the plastic in my kitchen and I I must have a glass water filter I'm killing myself drinking tap water and it it really does um, make you go to a different level of sort of crazy fertility world so I would say that if, if you're not in the mindset of making wholesale changes or you're just not ready for it or it's you know you're already stressed by your fertility you, you this book might not be the best one for you at this time it's an excellent book and there's loads of information in there but even for someone willing to make complete changes to their lifestyle to give them the best chance I still found it incredibly overwhelming at times so just read it with caution I think would be and and take the best things that you can from it and and change your life slowly but you can't comply with everything it says in the book 100 percent of the time because we all live in the modern world and that's just not possible so be kind (laughs) okay so with all that taken into consideration marks out of 10 on this one considering the mental meltdowns that it caused you (laughs) um i still think it is an excellent book so i would probably because it does cause mental meltdowns or it did for me anyway I'd probably give it um, an 8 or a 9 out of 10. The evidence in it's excellent, but you have to be in the right mindset to read it, I think. I'm going to push you to choose 8 or 9. Oh, OK. Let's let's go 9. It was okay. a very good book. OK. You're marking high. I'm interested to see whether we're going to get a low, <laughs> a low score. <laughs> the third book. one's not so positive, so... Right. OK. If you're looking for a supplement to take whilst trying to conceive, Pregnacare Conception and Wellman Conception provide advanced nutritional support. They include zinc, vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid recommended for women by the UK Department of Health. Pregnacare is expert nutritional care while trying for a baby. And to find out more, visit thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash shop. The Fertility Podcast is also supported by IVF Matters, the UK's first online fertility clinic where you can order tests delivered to your door, have scans at multiple locations and speak to consultants in the comfort of your own home. 
It's a truly unique way to experience your fertility journey and you can find out more at ivfmatters.co.uk or call 0333-939951. So the third one is Six Months to Change the World. Um, yes. by Dr. Pierre Ducan. Is that linked any, in any way to the Ducan diet? Yes, it is. Yeah, right, same author. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the author is a, um, a French doctor who's written a, a lot on nutrition and has a keen interest in the obesity epidemic that's happening in France at the moment. It's happening everywhere, but he's obviously, being French, interested in who he sees day in, day out. And the premise of the book is looking at what pregnant women should eat in the last six months of pregnancy to have the healthiest baby possible. Um, the reason why it starts at six months, because I did think, why is it not nine months to change the world? Mm. But he starts at six months because um, it's from kind of month four and five is when the fetus creates begins to create insulin from its own pancreas. And that's when a mother needs to be really, really careful about the sugar intake that they are consuming because the, the sugar does go through the placenta and can mean that your baby has to produce exit insulin to make sure that they're dealing with the sugar that the mother is having. So he only takes it from month four to, to term. So he's looking at the, um, the nutrition that mother should have during that time. Um, what the book doesn't cover, which I think I was expecting when I picked it up, was it doesn't really go into, it's very, very good on sugar, diabetes, um, fast-acting carbohydrates, but it's not a comprehensive look at diets in pregnancy. So it doesn't talk about vegetarianism or high-fat, low-fat, doesn't really talk about balancing protein and carbs very much. So it's not a comprehensive review of which diets are the best ones, which are superfoods, etc., it solely focuses on sugar intake and controlling um, the amount of glucose in your blood, basically. Okay. So it's fab if you have gestational diabetes, like I do, or if you um, haven't really considered your sugar mm. before, or you haven't got really made any changes to your diet throughout fertility. Um, I think it, that book would be great for people like that. I, I do wonder, and I think actually I fall into this category of a lot of people that are struggling or have struggled with infertility have done so much research on really healthy diets and how to improve their fertility and, and whatever medical conditions they're suffering with. I think those people would find this book a bit basic and I found it too basic for me. So I've read a lot of books on insulin resistance and blood sugar levels and you have to get all the way through the book before you get to the diet at the end. And then the diet was quite, in some ways, obvious. It was, you know, don't don't eat white bread and you might want to cut out the cakes and fizzy drinks. And it was just, wasn't quite what I was expecting, I think. I was expecting more diet information or more tidbits that I hadn't heard before to come out from it. Um, so I think it might be good for people who are pregnant but haven't really considered their nutrition up until now and at that um, point in a book when it yeah. starts to be a bit frustrating do you yes. finish it or do you then flick through do you not quite finish I started it? I started skim reading I did right. and I'm not a good skim reader at all I started skim reading midway through so I think um it's not until the final chapter that you actually get any sort of detailed advice on what you should be doing um so the previous chapters are sort of about obesity and about the development of your baby etc 
Um, and one thing that did really annoy me was that there was constant repetition of the fact that your baby's pancreas is developing at month four and five and that's when they create insulin and that's when you have to be really careful but it's repeated probably every third paragraph by the end I was sort of screaming I know you've told me you've told me I have a memory um so there were things in the book that I found really quite um irritating and there were some good things that that came out of it too for example there was a, a book recommended within it about sugar that I've now bought and I can't wait to read pure white and deadly it's called and it's all about sugar so I'm hoping that will scare me into staying off the cakes and then also there were some interesting things about how the glycemic index works but um otherwise I didn't really to be honest learn all that much that was new from it but that might be because I've read quite a lot on it because I have PCOS so Mm. to be fair to him if you're a newbie who's never looked at this issue before um it might be that the book is really interesting for you it just it wasn't for me personally okay well I think that's a very honest review <laughs> and so marks out of 10 on uh the um on the uh Pierre Ducan book oh, I feel harsh but I think I would I think I'd probably give it a three Whoa. I think there are plenty of I know I know that's really bad isn't it but no I, think I like it we've got from 10 to three that do it better I think personally Okay. All right. Well, I like this. I like that we've got this sliding scale and I think it shows that you are a true reviewer that you'll take, you know, you'll take no, no prisoners here as you're reading through. And why shouldn't you seeing as you're putting in the time to read them? Okay. So if we were going to pick a favorite of our three, if people are listening and they're going to go for one book from uh, this review from you, what would you say? Or if you're going, if you're going through IVF, I would I would definitely pick the His and Hers Survivor Guide to IVF because it's just like it's just like having a mate next to you chatting to you about the process and giving you a big cuddle. It really is one of the most comforting books I've read. It was lovely. But if you're not going through IVF, then I think it starts with the egg has some fantastic advice and evidence and, and research in it. And it really does just cut out your need to to Google obsessively what you can do to improve your lifestyle yeah i like the sound of that have we decided what we're planning on sharing in our next book review yet i'm definitely doing taking control of your fertility which is a book about how to chart your cycles and it was actually the reason that i knew that i had pcos before it was diagnosed probably about 18 months to two years before it was diagnosed okay was because i was tracking my cycles using that textbook um, and it clearly showed me that I had issues. Uh, so it's that's a, another great book. So that's, that's, that's Tony Weschler, is it? Is yes, that how you it say? is. Tony yeah. Weschler, okay. Yeah. So we've got Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And have you decided the other two? I haven't. So okay. I could take... Watch this space. Um, yeah, watch this space, exactly. Take recommendations on what order to review. <laughs> okay. Well, exactly. I mean, what we'll do when we um, share this episode is we'll um, we'll ask the question if there's books that people are interested. I mean, Amber has got a long list of books that she's going to be going through that she already owns. But what we're hoping is that when she finds time, once she is a new mum, 
that we can get more books sent to us so if there are books that you would like to get reviewed do let us know and we'll put all our contact details on the show notes uh, how you can contact me on social media and amber and we'll see if we can provide that service for you i'm just going to tell you a little bit about jessica hepburn's book 21 miles um amber to see if um I can do as as beautiful a job of reviewing a book as you have done because I heard you turning pages so I'm assuming you had notes whereas I didn't. Oh no. <laughs> it's fine. How embarrassing. I was trying no, to make I, that really smooth. No, it was nice. It was nice to hear the um the the research had been done. Now, <laughs> do you know about Jessica Hepburn? No, I don't. No. So Jessica Hepburn is the author of The Pursuit of Motherhood, which was her first book. And she's also the curator of Fertility Fest, which happened in the UK um, oh, yes. no, in I've May. Oh, yes. I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Jessica is somebody who I've spoken to a number of times on this podcast. And I read this book uh, in, in, in kind of awe because I know her. And I've, I've read a few books of people that I know, which is always quite a, a treat because you can hear them telling you the story. And 21 Miles is Jessica's book where she swam the English Channel in search of the meaning of motherhood. And in her training for swimming the channel, which she shares through the book, she approached a number of high-profile women, some who were mothers and some who weren't, to ask them that question, whether motherhood makes them happy, if they weren't mothers, how that had impacted on their life, and she's spoken to baronesses, to professors, uh, to amazing women. And I found this book remarkable in the way that what you get is Jessica's own personal story of her struggle because Jessica had 11 cycles of IVF oh my and, and wasn't successful. And as a result, oh. has become a spokesperson in the fertility community. And what you get, whether you've had treatment or not, whether you are looking into having treatment or not, is you get an insight, a very honest insight from somebody who has been through the run of it, the thick of it, and hasn't had the success. And especially if you've reached the point where you've decided to stop and accept that your life is childless, not by choice, then this book is 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 so for you. But I also yeah. think if you've been through treatment, it's so relevant to hear the struggles because there's so much you can relate to and also hear about how motherhood makes people feel whether they are mothers or not what their feelings are on it it's beautifully written I think it's very comical in places and um, it's a very easy read you get to know Jessica and if you've already heard of her and been aware of her you get to know her some more but you also get to hear fascinating insights of of very significant women to give you an idea of some of the women that she spoke to there's Prue Leith who of course we know from the Great British Bake Off amongst other things Uh, she also spoke to Anne Daniels who's a polar explorer it's a very cool job Uh, not an easy job either (laughs) she spoke to Susan Grenfield a renowned scientist and during these conversations she's training to swim the English Channel which is no mean feat and you get to hear the ins and outs of that the experiences of having to practice and train and train and you hear about when she has to swim through jellyfish and all the hours that put into it and I guess the the biggest takeaway from this is what is achievable when you know you find yourself in this space this infertility space and how you can apply yourself because we know it becomes all consuming and yeah. we we use it in different ways 
and I would give Jessica's book a, a, a 10 out of 10 possibly because I'm biased because I know her but I think <laughs> it's a really insightful read into what you can overcome and what you can achieve when faced with ultimately being childless not by choice and who knows where Jessica's journey will continue to take her I spoke to her the other week and she was um at a training camp in North Wales because her next ambition is to climb Everest so watch wow. this space on that but definitely if you want a kind of book that is easy to consume despite probably provoking laughter and tears then 21 miles for me is um is, is definitely one that ticks those boxes do you yeah. think it's one you might pick up yeah that sounds it sounds very inspirational and and i i haven't ever read but there were quite a few in my i, I don't know whether you also do this but stick things in your amazon cart to come back mm. to and um, there were quite a few on childlessness and, and having a life without children, which I didn't buy because I wasn't quite at that stage. But I think a book like that that's inspirational at the same time as talking about such a difficult subject. Yeah, I definitely want to read that. Definitely. Well, we will be giving away a book on Instagram. So um, do check out the Fertility Potty Instagram feed for how you can get your mitts on that. And we will be talking about childlessness, not by choice, and some books around it in September because there is Childless Week. I think it's World Childless Week. So, um, Amber, you've got some time if there are any books relevant to that. But for now, yeah. I will bid you farewell. It sounds like there is a um, an aviary outside your window. I can hear the birds in fine voice. <sighs> despite it being quarter to 10 to 9 in the evening here with us in the UK. <laughs> That's what summer does. I love I summer. Know. Isn't it special? <laughs> thank you again for your time and we will speak well, thank again. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. How great was Amber? The funny thing is that on Amber's Instagram account, which I'll put in the show notes, she shared a little banter that she had with her husband taking the mickey out of her when she told him she was doing a podcast. He was telling her that she had a telephone voice. I thought she had a lovely, lovely sounding telephone voice. It worked perfectly well with the podcast. And I think for a first chat... She did brilliantly, brilliantly well, and I look forward to us reviewing more books. Do let us know if there are books you would like uh, to know more about. We'll add them to Amber's extremely long list. We have been asking you on Instagram already. Make sure you check out my Instagram at Fertility Potty for that chance to get your hands on Jessica Hepburn's book. And Amber's details will be on the show notes, which for this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash book. I want to keep it as simple as possible for you. Now, whilst you're checking them out, if you want to stay up to date with everything going on with us here at the podcast, then you can let us know your email. And um, of course, we will respect it. You will get access to the IVF meditation, which I've recorded. Also, if you'd like to join my Facebook group, closed Facebook group, that's just called Talk Fertility. And there are previous guests as admins who are available to hopefully answer some of your queries, as well as the other wonderful members. It's a very friendly place and there's going to be lots more exciting things coming there. So another place for you to feel part of the community, as always. Thank you for your support and until the next time, 